Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. For those of you watching on visual, you'll see my little sign that says full sheen ahead from Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I decided to bring that in because I really am convinced Fulton Sheen is one of the answers to a church that's in crisis. That's why we're giving away his priesthood CDs as a download if you go to vmpr.org. Today, I'm going to be talking on a number of topics. Unfortunately, the Vatican Senate website is celebrating homosexuality and child adoption by same-sex couples. Um, Not what the Catholic Church teaches, and it's just scandalous that that's happening. Uh, Also, good news. Check this out, everybody. Biden administration is delaying the transgender discrimination rule after conservatives push back. This is proof positive that if you can rattle your saber loud enough, even the bureaucrats on the mountain have to listen. So this is good that we push back when we see evil in our hands. Also, just a good news story, the Senate Democrats, they failed again to pass a mandating unlimited abortion nationwide. Like to hear that when they lose that. Also, this is interesting for you folks. Polls are showing, you know, they say strong public support for Roe versus Wade, but they're misleading Later in the hour, we're going to talk about why they're misleading. And uh, also, I want to talk about the blue states. Uh, They want to become abortion safe havens. And um, our own governor here in California, Gavin Newsom, I'm going to talk about him and how we have to stand up for life and much, much more. And also, remember, later in the show, you can call in today, 888-526-2151. The U.S. bishops have proclaimed the day of fasting and prayer for tomorrow, May 13th, to end abortion. Thanks be to God, bishops. You're leading us in such a great way. I'm going to ask you, our listener, give us some ideas on what we can do to make reparation for the sacrileges of killing unborn babies. And uh, also for the conversion uh, of the abortionists. There's five things that they asked us to pray for. Uh, for overturning the Roe versus Wade, yeah, conversion of hearts and minds, for a new commitment in building America where children are welcomed, and for our Blessed Mother's intercession guidance as the church continues to walk with mothers and families to promote life. So much is being done there, and I just want to encourage you to give us a call later in the show, after the first segment of uh, 888-526-2151. Tell us what you're going to do to make this reparation. All right, let's bring. Uh, let's get ahead and get some soul food in our soul. First, we're going to read from John. All week we've been reading from John. And again, this is Thursday. I welcome people to come to the church tonight from 7 o'clock in the evening and make a holy hour for our priests and bishops and the Holy Father. Every Thursday night, when it's available, we want you to come or make a holy hour at your parish for the priests. <clears throat> Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 16 to 20. When Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, he said to them, Amen, amen. Remember, whenever he says amen, amen, listen up. I say to you, no slave is greater than his master, nor any messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand this, blessed are you if you do it. I am speaking, I am not speaking of all of you. I know those whom I have chosen but so that the scripture might be fulfilled the one who ate my food and raised his heels against me from now on i am telling you 
before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe that I am. Amen, amen. Again, listen up. I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is a a fantastic reading regarding humility. Remember, Jesus' whole life was an example of service towards men, fulfilling his Father's will to the point of dying on the cross. Yeah. Here, our Lord promises us that if we imitate our teacher in disinterested service, which always implies sacrifice. Remember I said sacrifice is the language of love? Well, we're going to find true happiness, which no one can wrest from us. I have given you an example, he says. He tells his disciples after washing their feet on the night of the Last Supper, let us reject from our hearts any pride, any ambition, any desires to dominate, and peace and joy will reign around us and be with us as a consequence of our personal sacrifice. I say this because so many people are so worried about what the Joneses are saying, your neighbor, your friend. Who cares? The most important thing in life is what does Jesus Christ say? What does he think of me? Am I living in his presence? That's the key for the gospel for today, and I really want to encourage you not to get depressed with the world, the devil, and the flesh. Turn your life over to Christ. Depression will not be there in in these circumstances. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, and it's on meditation. Again, I kind of tie this to the gospel that if we pray, you know, our life will be better. People think, oh, I don't want to have time to pray. No, no, this helps your whole body. We've, we've already demonstrated here on the Terry and Jesse show what that does to your body on the natural level. But on the supernatural level, it does even more. Here's what Sheen said about meditation is more advanced spiritual act than saying prayers. It may be likened to the attitude of a child who breaks into the presence of a mother saying, I'll not say a word if you just let me stay here and watch you. Or, as a soldier once told the cure of ours, that's John Vianney, I just stand here before the tabernacle. He looks at me, and I look at him. Now, what advice is that for us about Eucharistic adoration? Some people say, oh, I'm just bored. It's too quiet. Well, that's because the world we live in is always has music on whether you go into a hospital, a store, anywhere, they got to have noise going. Not necessarily good for your soul because it distracts you. God speaks in silence, and that's why John Vianney's story is so powerful. Go before our Eucharistic King. Just be there. Be in his presence. I mean, what happens when you go out into the sun on a Saturday afternoon In the summer, you get a sunburn, right? Well, the same thing. You spend time before our Eucharistic Lord, and you're receiving those graces of being in his presence. Think about that when you make visits to the Blessed Sacrament. You're with God. Who cares about anything else at that point? 
You're there before our Eucharistic King. All right, I want to uh, shift gears and uh, just unfortunately say that um, <clears throat> the Vatican Senate website celebrates homosexuality and the child adoption by same sex same sex couples. This is the Senate on Synodality website promoting one of three stories of homosexual couples adopted as sexually that gives life. This is really wicked because what's happening here is they're giving the impression that the church no longer condemns homosexuality, which is not true. So in a sharp and monumental departure from the Catholic Church teachings, the Vatican celebrated these testimonies. The Senate on Synodality website, overseen by the General Secretary Senate of Bishops, on Friday, just last week, highlighted as praiseworthy three stories of homosexual adoption that were shared by uh, Teresa Thompson, the Senate leader of the Immaculate Conception Parish in Hendersonville, North Carolina. It's shocking, isn't it? The first title, Parker Pro-Life Story, tells how a woman who is at the verge of having an abortion, so sad, decides to give her child up for adoption, which is good. See how they're going to pull on you? When she saw a friend of hers who was in a, not a homosexual relationship, they call it same-sex relationship. No, no, no. A homosexual relationship who wanted a child. This is really bad for a child. We know that. Church will never approve that. The story credits the homosexual relationship for being responsible for saving the child's life. Concluding today, Parker is an eight-year-old boy with two loving parents, Carl and Diego, whose relationship saved the child from abortion. Do you see how they played on that? Wait till you hear the second title. Oh, my gosh. When we come back from the break, I'll give the rest of this. I just want to remind everyone again, on the 28th of this month, the month of May, we're going to be up in Sacramento, California for Rosaries for Priests. Just Google Rosaries for Priests Sacramento. 20,000 people will be there. We are going to be there at Virgin Most Powerful because they've invited Father Don Calloway and Terry Barber, me, to speak at this event. Love to have you be there. But I'm, we're going to give away Fulton Sheen's priest retreat to everyone, not just the 20,000 people to give to their priests, but anybody in the world can, down, can get that for free now. Called and Chosen. And it is a powerful presentation on the priesthood that should uplift your parish priest. So don't, don't hesitate to take advantage, especially when you can be of help to your local parish priest. When we come back, I want to give two more stories, sad stories, where the Vatican's not supporting the perennial teachings of the church on homosexuality. So that's why, again, we need to be making prayers for their conversion as they're leading people astray, and these are our leaders. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. My engineer tells me our phone system is acting up. And I wanted you to call me and tell you what, tell me what you're going to be doing for tomorrow's sacrifices. 
for the unborn. But here's the second story, just for those who just tuned in. It's so sad. The Vatican Senate website is celebrating homosexuality and child adoption. Uh, this is really uh, what we would call emotional blackmail because they're trying to make you feel like, oh, well, the baby was going to die, so isn't it nice that that homosexual couple picked it up? Oh, and, and it's so good. No, you can never. See, they, these people don't understand, and they're in high officials of the church. Who formed them? Okay, the second, title, second story titled, The Story of a Sexuality That Gives Life, shares how a married homosexual couple adopted local teenagers with mental disabilities. It is noteworthy considering that it is impossible for the gravity-disordered sexuality to give life. The website page makes itself clear regarding the story. The titles are our own. The last story tells how a man who teaches at a Catholic high school, which should not be teaching if he's married to a same-sex person, decided to foster love and adopt young children internationally, and in doing so, lift them out of extreme poverty. You see? See how they justify it? Oh, yeah, but he would have been in poverty, so we took him out of poverty. The teacher's greatest sadness is that he had to hide his sexuality in order to keep his job in a church institution, and he does not feel welcomed in the Catholic Church precisely because of his sexuality, which he considers, are you ready? God-given? Give me a break. And this despite his attempt to love the poor and destitute through his pro-life decision to adopt the story concludes. I'm going to make a comment. The writing's on the wall. There are so many people inside the church who want to make homosexuality just normal. And they're going to do their best to do it, but it will cause a schism. It will. That's my take. Now, the portray portrayal of homosexual adoption stories in a positive light by the Vatican mouthpiece is gravely scandalous, in part because it endorses one of the particular Mortal sins that are so evil that they are said to be sins that cry to heaven for vengeance. Now you know why I brought this up. Because the Catechism of the Catholic Church talks about sodomy. Genesis 18.20. I'll tell you what paragraph it is. Check it out. It's 867. By endorsing same-sex partners, the General Secretary of the Senate of Bishops, which is directly subject to the Roman pontiff, keeps one scandal on top of another, one that condones violence to children, according to the Vatican's own doctrinal teaching. The Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, all right, stated back, back by the CDF with Cardinal Ratzinger, allowing children to be adopted by persons living in same-sex unions would actually mean doing violence to those children by placing them in an environment that is not conducive to their full human development. That's it. Researchers Robert Oscar and Brittany Klang, who were both brought up by the same-sex couples, have waited on this, and they view as harmful effects of homosexual adoption, which they warn is a systematic child abuse. It is child abuse, no question about it. They published their 2016 study based on testimonies of children adopted by same-sex couples.
titled Josephine's Children, the Innocent Casualties of Same-Sex Parenting. You see why we have to spend, I mean, we can be quiet on this, but no, we have to speak out. And Church Militant also noted that the General Secretary of the Senate of Bishops appears to be supporting homosexuality in several other ways via the newsletter launched in January 2022. For example, May 6th, issue of the newsletter features, are you ready? Uh, The gay homosexual, uh, well, let's just say, I I think I'm going to hold off on what I'm saying because it's so graphic. This is really uh, unfortunate, not it's worse than unfortunate, it's it's, um, diabolical that this is being infiltrated into the Catholic Church. So I would say, let's pray hard for the priests, the bishops, the Holy Father, all above that they will go back to the perennial teachings of the church and not try to compromise the faith because compromise is the language of the devil. All right, I'm going to move on because that was tough to have to deal with. Folks, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that the Biden administration is delaying the transgender discrimination rules after conservative pushback. See, this is why we need to be speaking up loudly when we see error. You know, it's a sin of omission not to speak up when you see error. And you can do something about it. So I bring this situation up because as the Roe versus Wade, presumably in June, will be overturned, People are going to be coming after the Catholic Church. They already are, but even more. And we have to be well-formed to defend the faith. We actually have to be well-formed to actually lay down our lives for our faith if necessary, right? I mean, people are stealing tabernacles. Are, are we willing to say, not on my watch? I hope so. So I only bring this up because we need to step up for life. And some people will say, Terry, that's all you're doing right now is standing up for life. There's other issues. Can I say something? What issue can come about if you don't get the issue covered on being the right to be born? Uh, housing issues? Immigration? Never get there because you weren't born because they killed you inside your mother's womb. This is why we do this. Now, you probably heard that just the other day, yesterday, the Senate Democrats again failed to pass the bill mandating the unlimited unlimited abortion nationwide. Now, this vote uh, followed a dispute before between progressives about the latest version of the so-called Women's Health Protection Act, omitting non-binding language about the supposed racism. Now, I want to just say this. They made it clear that they did this because they want voters to understand that the Democratic Party really, really wants to be, you know, the Senate majority, Chuck Schumer, is an opportunity to put Republicans on their call because he really truly believes that people want in our country to kill the future citizens of America through abortion. I think he's wrong, but that's what he's thinking. And I'm going to now demonstrate to you right here on Virgin Most Powerful why this idea that these strong public support for Roe versus Wade reports are misleading. And uh, it's misleading for a number of reasons. 
The first flaw is that Roe effectively legalized a position that only a small percentage of American people agree with, namely abortion on demand covering all nine months of pregnancy. See, people don't realize that. This was one of the most aggressive abortion laws in the world. I think there's only four other countries out of 200 nations that are in our league of killing babies up to nine months. Now, the second flaw, according to Dr. New, is that these polls don't actually make it clear to the respondents that abortion will not be federally banned if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade. We've said it a million times. Each state will be allowed to keep or amend their abortion laws as they see fit. So what do they keep saying? Oh, abortions was not going to be allowed anywhere. You, you got to have abortion. You got to have it. No, Dr. New believes Americans are a lot more pro-life than many polls indicate. I hope so, because Gallup doesn't ask the question as often as they should, but they've been polling on second trimester abortion bans and third trimester abortion bans since the mid to the late 90s. And he says, check this out. This is good news. We're moving the football closer to a foot down, to a first down, not a good, not a touchdown. It's pretty clear, are you ready, folks, that 80% of Americans think abortion should be generally illegal after the third trimester. You think? I hope so. Over 60% of Americans from these polls think abortion is generally illegal after the second trimester. Now, these pro-life laws poll well, including the limit of taxpayer funding of abortion and informed consent laws. I say this because we hear people saying, oh no, if they take Roe versus Wade, oh man, everything's going to be, there's going to be, you know, uh, we won't be able to get abortions. Well, that's not, that's the impression because they want you to think that. But I will say this, that when I come back from the break, I want to mention what blue states want to become abortion safe havens, and it will cost them. I believe well, California, New York, Illinois, and others who want to bring people from all over the country to perform abortions in their state and that the tax dollars of those citizens are going to pay for it. It's absolutely free. To me, there's something wrong with that mentality, and we're going to talk about that and much, much more. Don't forget, everybody, come on. The men's conference is coming up. That's with Jesse Romero, myself, and Ruben Nava, June 18th. And that's going to be a very interesting uh, conference for men. And if you're your wives, uh, we know that um, you can convince your husbands to go as a Father's Day gift. I would encourage you to do that. Also, I've got some good news for you. Are you ready? Missouri Senate Committee passes a bill to ban abortions immediately after Roe versus Wade has been returned. And in the error of over 63 million that we know abortions have been going on for 49 years. That's good news that these are the states that are doing it. When we come back, I'm going to talk about some of the states that are doing just the opposite. But before that, I have a wonderful uh, Q&A with Bishop Athanasius Snyder, 
He has uh, another book now, The Springtime That Never Came. He's referring to John Paul II's comment about in the year 2000 that we were hoping for a springtime in the church and it didn't come. And I have a, a question that I think most of you are asking. Why is it, are you ready? In the course of a conversation, he said, I've quoted multiple times made by various bishops and cardinals. How is it that they meet with no condemnation from Rome? You know, when they do all these liberal things. He says, why were the Ukrainian bishops the only ones to react to the new teachings on the German bishops? Great question. Bishop Athanasius Snyder will answer that question when we come back here on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You won't want to miss Bishop Snyder's answer is always very succinct and loyal to the perennial teachings of the church. He never deviates from the church's teaching, which is what we need with bishops. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess will be back on Monday. I, uh, I, I like reading books, and when I read books, I like to share them with our listeners. It's a new book coming out from Sophia Press called The Springtime That Never Came. It's an interview with Bishop Athanasius Snyder. And I've been bragging about the book on the Mass. And if you haven't got his book on the Mass, it's on our website, vmpr.org. Pick it up because it is outstanding in teaching you the fundamentals of the Catholic Mass and what we do when we're at Mass. But this question came up, and I thought, wow, this is a question everybody asks. Basically, we see all these dissenters. Why aren't they being corrected? For example, I just talked about it in the first segment, second segment. The guys that are letting that website in the Vatican out on homosexuality, why aren't they being corrected? Well, here's a great answer, but let me stage it this way. How is it that in multiple statements by various bishops and cardinals, they meet no condemnation from Rome? Why were the Ukrainian bishops the only one to react to the new teachings of the German bishops, new heterodox teachings of the bishops? And here's Bishop Snyder's answer. I wish we had Bishop Sheen back. As a matter of fact, Athanasius Snyder reminds me of how clear-minded Sheen was. And I, I make a joke. If I was voting for the next conclave, I'd vote for Bishop Athanasius Snyder. But here's what he says. This is indeed very tragic. For years, we have, had not, we have not had a sufficiently consistent plan to counter the progressive LGBT or gender ideology. Our tragedy is that both Pope Francis and the Vatican remain silent. Now that takes courage for the bishop to say it, not for me to say it, but I happen to agree with him. What's even worse, some of these progressives are subsequently rewarded with offices in the Curia, like Father James Martin and others. See, this is nothing else but a form of collaboration with those who are spreading corruption and error. Bishop Snyder, why don't you really tell me what you think? Holy mackerel. He says, if I am watching a arsonist start a fire in a house, listen to this analogy, and I'm standing nearby and I'm passively watching, then I am culpable. 
I am culpable for the fire in the house. This is happening right before our eyes. You could say that in a spiritual sense, fire after fire is breaking out before our very eyes. You see what he means? Yeah, it's clear. All this is happening in a church because of these heretical bishops and cardinals. Now, I got to tell you, his answer is spot on. But you see, we don't have enough bishops. I'm going to just say this. Bishop Schneider, Bishop Joseph Strickland, and maybe about six or seven other ones, Cardinal Mueller, Cardinal Burke. There's a number of bishops that are speaking up. But out of the 5,000 bishops worldwide, where are they? Well, here's my take. The good guys just don't have the courage to speak up, many of them. They're, they're good bishops, but they feel like, well, if I say something, I'm going to get removed. I think they have to get encouragement from lay people to say, Father, if you get removed for speaking the truth, your reward in heaven will be great. Yeah, I know this is a... But I, I say this to Bishop Strickland. Bishop Strickland, you keep speaking up like this. They're going to remove you as the Bishop of Tyler. And he says, well, for speaking the truth, other saints have had that happen to them. So I'm trying to be a saint. I'm just going to... I have a moral obligation to speak the truth about the faith as a bishop. It's part of who I am. And if it gets me into trouble, so be it. So I just would encourage you to listen to anything Bishop Snyder says in his writings because he's a very prayerful man and you can really count on him. And I just want to remind everybody, tomorrow is the day the U.S. bishops proclaim a day of fasting and prayer to end abortion. I don't remember them doing that recently. That's awesome. And he says, the bishops' conference through Bishop Gomez, in the midst of the current tensions... The bishops are appealing, they're inviting, inviting Catholics around the country to join in fasting and praying the rosary. See, pray your rosary to operate every day, right? But pray the rosary on Friday, May 13th, the memorial of Our Lady of Fatima. Let us offer our prayers and fasting. And here are the intentions again. I repeat these. Get on board, man. The bishops are leading us in the right way. Wow. For our nation, for the integrity of the judicial system. Boy, do we need to pray for that. And all branches of government be dedicated to seeking the common good, protecting the dignity and rights of the human person from conception to natural death. See, that's what the church teaches. Please, people inside the church, you know, your bishop, our bishops are calling us to do that, but we have to, you know, show us that we, do, we really believe that. Number two, for overturning the Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey in the Supreme Court's final decision in Dobbs versus Jackson. Next one, for the conversion of hearts and minds of those who advocate for abortion. We should be doing that every day. Can you imagine? Look what Bernard Nathanson, who had the largest abortion clinic in the Western world, over 60,000 abortions. And he was converted from being an agnostic Jew to being an on-fire Catholic. See, somebody was praying for that man. Yes. And I've shared my story with him. 
I gave him Bishop Sheen, Scott Hahn material while he was discerning because I believe Sheen, Scott Hahn, all these guys can really help people come to understand the fullness of the faith in the Catholic Church. So all those monthly donors out there that get all those um, downloads of Scott Hahn and Fulton Sheen, give them away. You got my blessing. Give them to your friends. You know, St. Alphonsus Liguori said, only God knows how much good can come from one holy book. It's the same thing with a, an audio recording. Because as you know, the Old Testament says, faith comes through hearing. And so these are important things. The last comment, the fourth one was, for a new commitment to building in America where children are welcomed, cherished and cared for, where mothers and fathers are encouraged and strengthened, and where marriage and family are recognized and supported as true foundations of a healthy and flourishing society. And the last point they put in, which I think is fantastic, for our Blessed Mother's intercession and guidance as the church continues to walk with mothers and families in need and continue to promote alternatives to abortion and to seek to create a culture of life. Thank you, bishops of America, for standing up for the unborn. May God reward you because this is the leadership lay people need. And now I'm going to cover this next topic regarding blue states that want to become abortion safe havens. Groups that operate clinics and run abortion access funds, they're warning us that they need more money to kill more babies because they're going to need more space because of the influx of people who will cross state lines to seek abortions. In this article, my governor, Gavin Newsom, talks at a news conference with workers and volunteers in front of a Planned Parenthood office near downtown Los Angeles. So sad. Blue state governors and lawmakers from California to New York are vowing to turn their states into sanctuaries for people seeking killing uh, babies through abortion. The Attorney General in Michigan and Massachusetts, check this out. They're pledging not to enforce state or federal abortion bans should they come in. You know, who's going to be more committed? The pro-abortion or the pro-life people? I hope we're willing to take it on the chin for this. And lawmakers in some Democratic-controlled legislations are raising to pump millions of dollars into abortion access funds and extend legal protection and providers to out-of-state patients. They are willing to pay for death squads. Yes. We will not stand idle, they said, in New York. The governor there, a Democrat, at a press conference said last week, anyone who needs care, we welcome you with open arms. You know what she should have said? Any of you who needs to have their baby killed, we welcome you with open arms. Something's wrong. It's genetic words. You know, we're saying words that sound better. But all these promises won't be enough if the Supreme Court strikes down Roe versus Wade, according to the abortion right advocates. Now, I'm bringing this up because 
we most likely will have Roe versus Wade in another month overturned. And these groups that are operating clinics that run abortion access are warning that, hey, we need money right now. Because they're, they're assuming that this is going to happen. Abortion rights advocates, which organizations have spent months or years building the capacity to raising funds, they know that they're going to lose. Now, roughly two dozen states, about half the states in the United States, are going to restrict or ban the procedure. Doing it would create an abortion desert, thank you, Jesus, across the country. And people are going to have to go elsewhere. These people are saying they got to come to California, Illinois, New York. And here's the challenge with all of this. They want you to pay for it. What? Yep. So I'm going to, uh, when we come back from the break, I'm going to give you some numbers because babies are being, our lives are being saved in Texas and other states already. Lives are going to be coming in to existence because you stood up for life. When we come back, we'll talk more about how we, as individual Christians and Catholics, can stand up for life here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess and myself, we'd be billionaires because our trust is in Jesus. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Full sheen ahead, you can see in the background our new Bishop Sheen poster. Uh, this question about abortion, we've been dealing with all week, and we should be. Uh, Planned Parenthood of Illinois, which is surrounded by states that would restrict access to the procedure expects abortions in its clinics uh, to triple from 10,000 to 12,000 a year, as many as 30,000 a year. See, they're, they're still trying to scare us that, you know, they need more money because all these other states are going to restrict abortion. Can you imagine the amount of babies that are being born right in Texas? Tens of thousands of babies today are breathing because Texas took it and said the heartbeat bill. Now, when you go to your exit interview, and we all will, I think one of the questions is going to be, what did you do to stand up for the least of my brothers, which are the unborn babies? And if you can't have anything to say, I feel bad for you. And I, I say this because the militant pro-abortion groups are out there saying they're going to do terrible things to the Catholic churches. You're going to burn the Blessed Sacrament. Really? I don't think so. I think that there's enough Catholics who love Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament that will make it so that it would be very difficult to get the Blessed Sacrament or even come into a church if you're coming to do harm. Again, we use proportionate measures to fend our family, and our church is our family. I know I just spoke to one of my good friends who's a Marine. He's always a Marine. And I said to him, wouldn't it be something if we defend life and we end up laying our life down for the unborn? Can you imagine what will happen at our exit interview? Yeah, our Lord's going to say, come on in, man. You laid your life down like I did on the cross for the innocent. Nobody's more innocent than a baby in the mother's womb. 
No one. And so these pro-abortion groups are doing things at clinics and at churches. I, I see one of them, it has right written right on the church, if abortions aren't safe, you aren't safe either. That's a threat. Now, if that was done politically in a sense of, of um, homosexuality or other uh, you know, group, they would, they would try and arrest that person because that's a threat. But because it's the Catholic Church, it's okay to do that. Now, I also want to just say we need to engage in the culture for the battle for life. I love what Justice Alito's neighbor did where all these pro-abortion people were outside his house making lots of noise. And are you ready for this? This is going to make you say, wow, that's one way. Crowds illegally descending on Supreme Court justices' home were met with the sound of, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Alito's neighbor played the piano very loud. And I want to also just say, these people that are breaking the law, why aren't they being arrested? I said that the other day. I want to say it again. The news of these recent leaked draft opinions, which were published, would overturn Roe versus Wade, has sparked a flood of violent pro-abortion protests across America. Recent targets have been at the homes of the pro-life Supreme Court justices. And again, this is uh, illegal. Uh, some protesters were using megaphones to lead the crowd, and and they made things like, "If you don't care, if you don't care if people die in my body, my choice." They were using foul language, okay, and they threatened the people. Uh, when abortion rights are under attack, what do we do? Rise up, fight back, chanted the crowd. Most of them were wearing face masks. The protests were led by anti-established groups shut down D.C., which accused Judge Alito of wanting to take away their rights, but our rights are fundamentally ours. We're showing up to tell him in person. And here's the kicker. Federal law distinctly prohibits attempts to influence Supreme Court justices, including by protesting outside their personal residence. Okay, why aren't they being arrested? Think about this. Federal U.S. Code 1507. I'm not a cop, but I know the information. It prohibits all protesters with the intent of interfering with obstructing or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in or near a building, residence, occupied, or by use by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer. Recently, abortion activists have become violent as they have attacked both pro-life organizations and churches. Uh, they've uh, disrupted our Lady of Angels Church in downtown L.A., the cathedral, and vulgarly protest outside of Catholic churches in New York. I can't even describe what they did in New York. Just horrible. The New York abortion supporters blocked the doors of St. Patrick Cathedral yeah, and screamed about killing babies. And um, the headquarters of the Wisconsin pro-life group was firebombed and vandalized. Several Catholic churches and pro-life pregnancy centers were vandalized. See, where's the government to implement Federal U.S. Code 1507? 
Well, I'll tell you what the difference is, folks. The narrative isn't what the administration wants to support. I hate to say that. See, I thought truth was blind. Yeah. In other words, if you're speeding at 60 miles an hour on a 35-mile-an-hour zone, you get a ticket. No matter if you know the chief of police. No, you get a ticket. You broke the law. Why is it, and I'm making my point again, that these people can break the law and not have any consequences to it? See, what that tells me is the administration is supporting, which they do, they say, the killing of innocent life. And so they're not going to come down hard on anybody breaking that law because it supports their position. Now, I had to tell you, just like the other day when I saw that President Trump, former President Trump was not supporting the right Republican, a pro-life Republican in Pennsylvania, I called him out and said, no, we should be supporting this person because they're pro-life. And Dr. Oz, he's not. You have anything else? This is a demarcation line. So, yes, I like a lot of things President Trump does for life. I do, and I say that. But when he's wrong, he's wrong. And so why isn't it being addressed where these people who are breaking the law are not being put in prison, put in jail, are fined for their actions? And I would say this. Unfortunately, we're living in times where things, common sense ain't that common. And this is the times we're living in. We're praying for Holy Mother, the church. Our leaders, our leaders in government, there's like, uh, it's like amnesia that we forgot who we were. We have a job to do. And our job is to proclaim Christ as loud as possible to a world that acts like God doesn't exist. Remember, every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. So we need all of us here listening. Tomorrow, we're going to be making sacrifices for the killing of unborn babies. To stop the killing. We're going to pray for our leaders in our church and in the government to not support the killing of innocent babies. Yes, I said even in the church. Because I'm convinced there are leaders who don't think it's a problem. I've read about them. And they're in leadership positions. Scandalous as that is. That's where our prayers come in. Don't get mad. Get down on your knees. Offer the divine chaplet of divine mercy. Offer your rosary. Offer your holy hour of power. We need to pray ourselves out of this because um, we are in a, in a desperate situation for truth. The world needs it. As Bishop Joseph Strickland on our Tuesday show says, it's the truth that will set us free. That's what the Bible says. So I want to encourage you, our listener, not to be mad, not to be disgruntled over it. No, I want you to be fervent in your prayer life because that's where your true peace will come from. May 13th is the first apparition of Our Lady of Fatima, 1917. And she uh, told us that we need to pray the rosary every day. The bishops ask us for tomorrow our rosary should be applied for the stopping of the killing of innocent lives by promoting the gospel of life and praying that Roe versus Wade will be overturned after 49 years. 
That's a long time with 60-some million babies dying. How many more need to die? I hope not. But just remember, about half the state, half the country, uh, country of, of states will make it very difficult to kill their citizens. And that's a good first down for us. In states like California, we got a lot more to work on. But I believe through your prayers and your actions that we can overcome the culture of death with a culture of life. And I want to thank all of you here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio for promoting what we say. I keep getting people saying, man, you guys just don't compromise. Well, no, we will never compromise on the truth. No, why? Because it's the truth that sets us free. And we want to continue to promote Our Lady's Peace Plan. We have a world right now that's almost at World War III. It's getting close. It just keeps getting closer and closer. But you see, that shouldn't upset us. If we get nuked tomorrow, are we living in the state of grace? We have nothing to worry about. I know. I mean, it sounds flippant, doesn't it? But life is short, and eternity is forever. And the more I go along in life, I realize that we need more people to really understand that our lives are given to us to serve one another and not to be selfish about only, oh, I want this, I want that. This is all about me. No. No, it's all about giving people the good news of Jesus Christ so that people can know him, love him, and serve him and to be in heaven for all eternity. I hear the music. Jess will be back on Monday. And again, if Jesse was here, what's the question I ask him? Jess, what state should we be living in? The state of grace. That's right. What state shouldn't we be living in? The state of mortal sin. How do we get out of mortal sin? Go to confession. If it's been over 30 days, that's too long. You need to get there. That's just how it works. And again, remember, make those visits to the Blessed Sacrament. Tomorrow is a day of fasting. The bishops have called us to prayer and fasting to stop the killing of innocent life. What a great thing our bishops are doing. God love them. Bishop Gomez, a big thank you from Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And don't forget our lady saying, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Are you willing to make sacrifices, especially for tomorrow? Sign me up. I will. Let's do it together because I want to go together to that judgment seat to heaven with all of our virgin most powerful radio listeners and the entire world. May God richly bless you and your family.